Which Witch Podcast. I'm Galena. I'm Lyra. As you can tell, I'm a little bit sick today, and Lyra won't get off my dick about it. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about your voice sounding weird for the podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the darkness. (laughs) Uh, So we have a few shout-outs to do real quick. To do real quick. Um... We would like to shout at Julie Hendricks, M.F. Accardi, which is Miranda, Hey Nicole, Bree, C.G. Viridiana. They said to call him Viri. Viri. <laughs> I should have just done that. Uh, di- frick. This, this. Dick Frick? No, shut the fuck up. I think the Instagram handle was. Dizzes with like a da- uh, an underscore after it, but the the document has changed it. It auto corrected, and I didn't notice. So Their name's Sebastian. Are, we're sorry, Sebastian. We're sorry, Sebastian. You're an angel. <laughs> and Gia Lotus, uh, who is also known as Gianna, Gianna, Gianna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the one with the list, man. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't give me pronunciations. You're also going to hear some clicks, man. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we're recording on the same thing that we're looking at notes on. Yeah. Alright. Let me turn it like this very carefully so I don't make a whole lot of sound. Alright. <laughs> uh, so, this is going to be our big Halloween episode. Um, Getting spooky scary. Spooky scary. Um, We're going to talk about a couple holidays with you guys uh and some creepy games nettle has recorded a very spooky story and um we're actually gonna try and do a bonus spooky story that we release all on its own on the actual day of halloween the 31st but don't hold us to that (laughs) do hold us to that (laughs) what they know us by now. I mean, I there's a lot we, of stuff we didn't, we don't do. We need accountability. <laughs> we really should have some accountability. <laughs> Leaving it to us is not a good idea. <laughs> <sighs> um, is there anything we need to discuss before we get into the actual meat of the episode? No. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to think about it. I apologize. I don't <sighs> feel good today. So... You might get a lot of blank stares from me. That's fair. Um, you guys are probably waiting for some news about the uh, giveaway. The giveaway. We've decided nothing. <laughs> I seriously thought you were going to say, we've decided not to do it. <laughs> and I was going to, like, slap your iPad out of your hand. Like, we've bought some stuff. Why would we not do it? I don't know. There's no reason not to. There's not a reason not to. I guess spoilers for the giveaway since we don't have pictures yet. <laughs> there are things you can burn. There are things. Shit. <laughs> lots of them. I like a few. I don't know about lots. I don't know some. More than five. Is it more? Is than it five? more than five? Why would know. you give a number? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's instances. Mm-hmm. And, um, Herbs. other stuff. <laughs> Herbs. Herbs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
All right, so we're going to give you guys um, some short of, short of, some short of, I'm going to punch you, some sort of short uh, descriptions of a few holidays around the world that are Halloween-y. Analogous to Halloween. And, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that word. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm aware. Okay. It sounds like the word analog. We we don't have to use that word. Listen, it's already in the podcast. <laughs> There's no turning back. Why you make fun of me for my vocabulary? I have to. It's the way I cover up my insecurities. <laughs> um. So first, we're going to go into the Mexican Day of the Dead. Yes. Uh, we absolutely don't claim to be able to describe this. Anywhere near as competently as Coco. Because <laughs> that really, really did well. Uh, oh my god. We were going to talk about sugar skulls. I'm just breaking for a minute to talk <laughs> about this stupid thing I did. Um, we were going to talk about sugar skulls and how they're like a big part of the, the holiday. And they they have special meaning and like white people appropriate it for costumes and decorations all the time. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's just Absolutely. it's everywhere. But uh what I, the reason I'm going to bring it up this horrible way is because uh I put in parentheses cultural appropriation to you know highlight that we should talk about that. What I wrote was cultural apron. A, a cultural apron. It's a cultural apron. The big ass sugar skull on it. Oh boy. That that's <clears throat> That cultural, I can't even say culture, (laughs) cultural apron. No, it's one of those things that, yes, are they beautiful? Yes. Absolutely. Are they fantastic? Yes. Have you had one? I meant like to look at it. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, you eat them. Interrupty McGee. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But, honestly, I mean, if you're not of a Hispanic or Latinx heritage you probably shouldn't you know adorn your face with one or go on and on about them yeah I mean it's it's really cool it's beautiful it's it's associated with this time of year and Halloween and spooky stuff so I get why especially in like um I don't know kind of gothic and stuff like that that sort of uh fashion Mm, because I agree they're super cool I'm not going to paint my face as one because that is such major cultural appropriation. Yeah, absolutely. Cultural. I can't even talk. It's okay. Don't worry about it. People will forgive you. I don't think they will. <laughs> um, there's a, I think it's Party City uh, commercial on right now, at least in, in our area of the world, um, where a very obviously white woman is just in full skeleton and sugar skull makeup. Oh, no. Um, it's it's not great. That's almost painful. But I mean, doesn't Party City still also sell their Native American? They do. Costumes. They do. Yeah. There's there's a lot to unpack there, and we're really not going to go I'm into. I'm pretty sure they still sell like, um. Fuck. What is it? I don't know. The like, Mexican. Oh, like the banditos yes, and stuff like that. Yes, they still sell stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, so we're not, we're not here trying to unpack (laughs) everything that, like, those big box costume and party stores have done. 
because there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. just so much. Uh, instead, we're going to go on and talk about some other stuff about Day of the Dead. Yes. Um. So we couldn't remember this word for the life of, of us earlier. We're going to talk about the ofrenda for a minute. Oh, yes. I am saying that right, right? Ofrenda? Listen. <laughs> I took like a two week course in Spanish, so I mean, other How than. How did you take two weeks of Spanish? Oh, it was in like eighth grade. Oh, did you do like that special class and yeah. not finish it or? No, I mean, that's how long it was. Oh. Yeah. See, when I did it, it was like a class you took every other day for 7th and 8th grade. And it was like a year of Spanish Mm. 1. No, I did math like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of couch creaks for the the podcast. I didn't have to take algebra in high school. That's cool. Yeah. Anywho. Um, but the ofrenda is basically a shrine to the lost loved ones um, and ancestors. Uh, there are pictures put on it. Um, usually their favorite foods and drinks are placed nearish their pictures um, as offerings to the dead. And um, they tell stories to remember them. So they, it, it's, so they, they live happily in the afterlife, correct? Mm-hmm. Or I guess not live. Well, I mean. Exist. I mean, their their land of the dead. I don't I don't remember what it's called. I apologize. <laughs> Nothing that I've read or know is coming out of my mouth correctly tonight. Um, but I mean, their their realm of the dead is a lot like the realm of the living. It's just you're dead there. Yeah. So you still eat, drink, and do all of the things that you do when you're alive. It's just you're stuck there. Yeah. Then again, the living are stuck in this realm, so... I mean, that's true. And I know, you know, um, it's the one day that they can come back and visit with people. Um, and I know that... It, this isn't just coming from Coco, I swear to God. Uh, I know he that watched if, a movie and now you're an I know, I'm, I'm so worried that that's what people are going to think. I know that um, if someone's forgotten and they're not put on their ofrenda, it's um, possible they just don't stay in the happy part of the the afterlife and they go to the, the what is it like the realm of the forgotten or some something like that. I have that. no idea. We're bad at this. Um, I didn't know we were going to get this deep into it. I don't think this is all that deep. <laughs> it's deeper than I knew of. <laughs> I just knew well I mean I I just know that you know that there is an altar yeah. basically that you leave your all of your memorabilia of your your dead loved ones so they can come and use it basically as a portal to come into your home Mm. um there do tend to be picnics at picnics at grave sites um and like i said telling stories they're sharing of food um it's basically a big celebration of life as you remember the dead which a lot of these holidays are like that Mm. well it's a lot of and i believe it's a lot of like introducing children to death yeah. In a very fun way. So that the circle of life is kind of explained without there being a terrifying... <laughs> I think that's such a good idea, too. Because I, I don't think there's any point in putting off letting a kid learn about death. Because otherwise no. it's just going to give them a complex. Um, and actually, you're the one who told me this. Um, that Aztecs believe that monarch butterflies, when they fly south uh, for the winter... Mm-hmm. Where the returning souls of their loved ones. Do they fly south for the winter? 
Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I mean, they fly there to die, but... Well, that's true. It's for breeding, right? I <laughs> yeah. just didn't know if it was during the winter or not because I said that, and I was like, no, that's birds. <laughs> well, that's like in the very end of the fall. Okay. But yeah, they fly south, they mate, lay eggs, and then... Die. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's actually... I knew about this from a non... A non um oh my god yeah a uh, a non scholarly scholarly source on the show Brothers. <laughs> I knew they talk about it a little bit. I, knew. I looked it up to make sure that it wasn't just something from there. But he his kids are like, hey pops, look, the butterflies are people's souls coming back, and like they must really like you, pop. <laughs> and Doctor Venture's like, is this somebody's soul? Tell him to get the hell off me. Listen, we quote the Venture Brothers enough in our everyday lives. We can't do this on the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that show a lot. <sighs> Anywho. But yes, no, the Aztecs did believe that. And it's yeah. it's very sweet and very colorful way of thinking that your relatives have come back. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, and uh, it's obviously a celebration of the cycle of life. You know, this is the time of the year when things are dying off. We're heading towards winter. Things are going to get cold and hard for a little while. Um, just like death. Yeah. <laughs> um, the dark times are coming. The dark times. And uh, this is obviously a time of great celebration culturally. There are colorful costumes and beautiful makeup and really intricate uh, feasting and sugar. Yeah. There's, it, there's just so much that goes into it. Our, our little skimming of it does not do it justice it's we're not gonna do anything justice today just be ready for that um but definitely if it's anything that's ever interested in you or (laughs) interested you don't talk to me um definitely look into it it's a beautiful holiday just don't if you're not if you're not part of the culture just don't just don't do it man (laughs) uh we were also going to talk about a Chinese sort of festival that's in some ways similar because there is feasting, there is honoring the dead, and um, you know there's a lot of like beautiful lights and candles and things like that. Uh, well, from what I from what I understand of of that celebration, you leave out food and drinks and water for the spirits and then you light candles and things like that to basically give your spirits you want to come to your home a path to find you yeah um it's called now don't don't judge me it's called ting chi i think i think so um sure it's also known as the lantern festival um and the feast of the hungry dead and there were a few other like titles, but those were those seemed to be the big I ones. I think Hong Kong was the the main one that had the Feast of the Hungry Dead. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like so many of these sort of celebrations, there's feasts, as uh, Galena said. Um, you're putting out food for your loved ones. There's lights to guide them to your home. Um, there's a celebration where or a celebration a um sort of tribute to the lost dead where they light uh lanterns or candles in little paper bloats lord little paper boats and float them down rivers and things like that um 
And it's to honor spirits, it's to guide them home, it's to make everything warm and friendly and happy for this one night when spirits are so welcome in our world. Um. Oh, I almost forgot one of the things for Day of the Dead. A lot of times they'll leave out a bowl of water and a towel so that the dead can oh, yeah. wash up for supper. You we did men- or you did mention that to me earlier. Sorry and then to I interrupt. forgot to put it in my notes. Sorry to interrupt the uh the Asian. That's <laughs> right. Um, and during this time, both Buddhists and Taoists pray for the spirits. So it's nice to see a unity <laughs> in uh, local religions like that. Um, I really don't have that much else on this, other than it sounds really interesting and pretty. It, it does sound very pretty. I read a creepy ghost story when I was a kid, actually involving the hungry ghost. Um, this, uh, little boy's mother put out all kinds of food and drinks for, for their dead and in these beautiful bowls and things like that. And he, basically he wanted the bowls. I think he was going to sell them, but he also wanted his mother to think that the ghosts had eaten all the food. So he went and he like, he threw away the food and was going to steal the bowl. <laughs> and, almost a good thought. And before he left the graveyard... <laughs> Um, a man stopped him and asked him, you know, what happened to all the food? He's like, oh, I threw it out. I'm going to take the bowl. You know, basically he was, he was saying, you know, I'll turn my back. If you turn your back and you take what you want, I'll take what I want. And then more and more people kept surrounding him and asking him where the food is. And then I think one of them held up a bowl that he thought that he had grabbed and said, why is our bowl empty? And the story didn't specifically say that they ate him. But <laughs> but it was implied. It was implied pretty heavily that well you took our food so we're going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this also sort of implies that the dead are hungry the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah, and this is the one night when you can satisfy and appease them, especially the the vengeful ghosts. Mm. Yeah. Um. So we have three more that we're just sort of going to skim over because we didn't really look too much into them. Um. A lot of European countries don't have too big of a hoopla over uh, this time of year. You know, like there's harvest festivals and things like that. Um, But in Germany, apparently they hide (laughs) knives, so the spirits are not harmed by them, but also... So the spirits don't harm you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually love that. That's That's hilarious. It's so funny to me. It's like, well, you know, we, uh, we push Anne Ethel into a home. Uh, we pushed her into a home. Let's hide the knives so that when she comes back, she doesn't stab us for that. My first thought when, because uh, cause you told me this, um, my first thought when you said it was, well, that just makes sense. Because <laughs> I also don't want to be stabbed by ghosts. I know. <laughs> uh, in uh, Czechoslovakia, and I'm sure probably a couple other areas around there, but that's the really well-known one um one of the slovakias they put out seats for each living member of the family as well as each uh dead member of the family um which sounds very nice but that's so many chairs and i honest to god wonder if you can just put out cushions or something but i also wonder why i'm trying to cheat the system of like you, a, a do ceremony a i don't do. you know i don't that's how you get a poltergeist i'm just saying like you could have upwards of 30 chairs for any given family like that's 
That's so many chairs. I think probably it was like close family members, like people who lived in the house with you. I guess. I'm just saying, if if we had to put out a chair for every family member of ours that died, that we knew, that we personally knew. Yeah, that'd be a lot so of chairs. Many. <laughs> that'd be a lot of chairs. We don't have that many chairs. <laughs> who has that many chairs? Rich people. Rich people. <laughs> and like, I'm sure like this was a thing in ancient times too. Nobody had that many chairs. That's all I'm saying. It's like we can fit about six people on this dining room table, but like, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know why I'm upset about You're this. You're so passionate <laughs> about the chair dilemma. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. <sighs> anyway. Oh, God, shut up. Don't silent I'm laugh at me. Sorry. <laughs> I just didn't expect you to be so passionate about it. I also didn't. <laughs> it usually sneaks up on me, like that time I talked about Pandorum for three hours. Oh my god. Anyway. Um, and we were just going to talk about France really quick, because we think it's very funny. <laughs> France doesn't really, I mean, as far as I know. Doesn't, I mean, I'm sure there's groups, but like... Doesn't really have like a religious tie to... Halloween or All Hallows Eve or anything like that. Basically what it is, is around sometime in the mid-90s, they decided to start having (laughs) Halloween celebrations. And from what I can tell, it's mostly because so many people read about it in their English classes that they were like, this sounds amazing. So now they kind of have like a trick-or-treat celebration. (laughs) I love it because you even said that the thing you were reading said it was started by students and stuff like that. That's so great. Like I said, I'm sure there's specific religious groups or whatever that uh, do, like, ceremonies. Oh, and yeah, things. I'm sure that there's, there's they religious have, like, things. they have, the parties and the dressing up <laughs> and the really commercialized version of Halloween. <laughs> just because they really wanted it. And I can't complain. I love... That's amazing. I love our version of Halloween. I love all of the, like, real, like, ritualistic shit, too. Like, that's all very fun and very lovely. Um... But I really like the cheap side of Halloween a lot. <laughs> Give me $5 vampire teeth and a Snickers bar and I am the happiest person oh in the world. Oh my god, fuck yes. Ugh. Anywho. Uh, Do we have any other countries? Oh, Canada is basically the same as America. They I had imagine. a lot of Irish immigrants come over yeah. and... So they they basically have a very similar Halloween celebration to to the United States. I love Halloween in the United States. Like, geez, it's just so wonderful. You get to dress up. Even if you don't dress up, you get to watch other people dress up. Yeah. My um, favorite thing is handing out candy to the kids. I love it. You'll see about 60 of whatever the popular costume that year is. You'll see some real clever kids out there who've either made their own or, like, went real deep on the internet to find some, like, niche shit. Um, Every now and then you see a really adorable one from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, We had a little Indiana Jones come one night, and he was just dejected. Because everybody, I can't remember who they all thought he was. I don't remember. But he was just dejected, and he comes up, and, like, I see the little fedora, the shirt, the leather jacket, the whip. I was like, hey, Indy. And he just lit up. And I was like, you take as much candy as you want. He's just, like, digging it, like, yes, yes, somebody (laughs) knows who I am. 
And his dad was like, you're the only person who's got that is Indiana Jones. <laughs> this was before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. So, like, all we had was the original movies. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess a lot of people just didn't know. Uh, I think it had just fallen so far out of, like, I don't want to say popularity, like, but, like, well, out especially of. Especially younger. Yeah. Yeah, like kids. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones is amazing. <laughs> Uh, this one Halloween, I carved my jack-o'-lantern to look like Bruce Campbell. Oh my with god. The, that Bruce was Campbell the coolest me. thing ever. Um, Who did you say? I said Bruce Campbell, but I meant okay. Ash from the Evil Dead. But I mean, well, it's, it's... He is Bruce yeah, Campbell. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, Army of Darkness, it's Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. And it was, it was the Army of Darkness, um, cover. I know, with the, the With him, like, with the chainsaw on the area. Oh my god. Um, every fifth adult man... Went awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So that was great. Um, We still need to carve pumpkins. They're real cheap this year. Yep. Uh, Me and my husband recently carved pumpkins with his younger sister, and that was very fun. Um, That's another thing. Just carving pumpkins is such a wonderful experience. If you live in a country uh, where you don't really celebrate Halloween, just carve a pumpkin once. You're gonna hate <laughs> carving it at first. Well, you're gonna hate cleaning it out. Yeah, I actually really like cleaning it out. The pumpkin juice makes your hands real soft. I think I've finally come full circle. I remember as a little kid, I was just super excited about doing it. I always did super simple designs that like I could think up myself. And then somewhere around like fifth or sixth grade, I became obsessed with like the pumpkin master. Yeah, patterns. Then like. In my early adulthood, I'd find something really cool online. And then now I'm just like, yeah, I could probably make a cat face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still pretty much looking stuff up online. Like that, the Bruce Campbell one took until 4 a.m. See, I don't I don't have that kind yeah. of energy anymore. I that one year, I, I did the entire cast of um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Remember I did Jack, yeah. Sally, Zero. That was a lot of fun. And Oogie Boogie. But I mean, I just don't have that kind of energy anymore. Um, and I know one year I did a really cool, uh, the evolutions of Ghastly, Haunter, and yeah. uh, Gengar. And that looked really neat. And that was one the kids really liked. So, um, But handing out candy, yeah, candy is just my favorite. I love taking kids around. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, I've walked around with Sage's kids. I've walked around with our younger cousins. Um, but, geez, handing out the candy and just seeing all the different kids oh, be excited so is great. Fun. I just love watching little kids on Halloween. <laughs> I, honest to God, even love the half-assed costumes by, like, the teenagers who are almost yes. too old for it. And they, they're doing that thing where they're still having fun, but they're looking like, this is so little kid. Like, it's like, still giving that free candy. Yeah. I'm just here for the candy, guys. I don't enjoy trick-or-treat. I love that. I think the last time I trick-or-treated for myself was, like, in eighth grade. I ended up going around a lot in high school with friends, but not really collecting candy. We were just sort of walking around in costume. Uh, but I think, I think that's all we've got on the... the the various holidays. Um, there are a couple that happen around this time of year that we sort of didn't talk about, like Purim and uh, Diwali, because they're they're around this time of year. They're just not really connected to the, the elements of life and death, as far as we can tell. Well, I know Diwali is about the triumph of light over dark. Yeah. But that's all I really know about yeah. Diwali. <laughs> um, 
and obviously we didn't go into depth into any one thing uh, too far. And we didn't cover a whole lot of holidays because there's a lot out there. Um, but, you know, we, we just wanted to wet your palate <laughs> for and October ce- celebrations. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and if you have a specific holiday that happens around this time of year or something you want to hear about, let us know. And we'll be more than happy to look into it for you and hopefully not offend you yeah absolutely we will definitely try to not offend you usually we come off pretty offensive and i don't i think we do too i don't Uh, mean to it's not on purpose we're just real bad at things uh but we are now going to talk to you about spooky games that you absolutely should not play don't ever play any of these stupid games (laughs) okay so we're gonna start off with some lighthearted games we're gonna first talk about light as a feather stiff as a board which is a fun game super fun i love that game um basically a group of people i think there's like a requirement of four or five oh it's here but like i don't know for sure i don't know i don't think there's technically a requirement basically you gotta the reality of it is you gotta have enough people to lift the person with your two fingers um you pick one person usually the smallest person in the group to lay flat on like a table or the floor or a bed something like that um everybody else puts their index and middle finger Mm -hmm. yeah underneath them you chant together light as a feather stiff as a board and you lift them um i've been to quite a few sleepovers where we've done this successfully Mm -hmm. um and like there's a reason it works and it's because everybody's working together and you have a small person yeah (laughs) Uh, there's some crazy stories out there about a couple of people lifting a giant person really high into the air. Um, so, I mean, I I don't know. It's fun. There's an easy explanation to it. So you can just be like, yeah, fun sleepover game. And then there's some wild stories. (laughs) I feel like there's always a wild story to everything. That's true. Uh, so, I mean, it's fun. It's easy. You can teach it to kids. Um, the next one's Dead Man's Bluff that you told me about that. I didn't know about it. It's a, it's more of like a kid's game. It's basically Marco Polo, except you can't move around. Um, the dead man gets blindfolded, and all the other kids take up random positions around the room. You can bend over, you can, you know, lean from side to side, or like crouch down when the dead man comes around. You just can't move your feet. And you can call out or talk to them, but the closer they get to you, you don't want to call out to them because, you know, they'll know where you are. But if the dead man tags you, then you become the dead man and you get blindfolded and then all the kids kind of scramble around and then it starts over. I think that's great. I think it sounds super fun. As a full-grown fucking adult, I want to play it. (laughs) I want to get slightly tipsy and play it. Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) Oh, it's too bad we're not having, like, a big Halloween party this year. I know. Sometime soon, though. Um... It just sounds a lot like Marco Polo, and I love that. It is. Because I love Marco Polo. Marco Polo, you get to move around. (laughs) There's, there was this one point uh, playing Marco Polo in our neighbor's pool when we were kids. (laughs) Bless you. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Where I don't remember why, but we called it something different and pretended that the person was sick. And if they touch you, you catch the disease. It's not that different. But for some reason, it got to the point where we all felt really gross when we got touched by the person that was it. It was all psychosomatic. Like, absolutely. But it was wild. It's like that time that that I convinced you there was a shark in a pool. Oh, my God. 
my name's Lyra, I have terrible anxiety, and sometimes it manifests itself in ridiculous ways, and then I convince my poor sister of these things. God. <sighs> Ridiculousness. Anywho, let's move on to some actual creepy games. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Midnight Game. It's a game I told uh, Glenna about and a friend of ours on the our front porch one night in the middle of the night. And it scared the shit out of them so thoroughly that when our mother came around the backyard with the dogs, they both screamed. Let me just set this up for you. We got so nervous about this stupid fucking game <laughs> that we weren't even playing. Nope, we weren't. We were just being told about it that that said friend and I put ourselves in a salt circle. That's true. That did happen. Like, and we're not talking about they just threw salt around them. They put a solid, unbroken circle of salt. And basically hugged each other. It was hilarious. I was in great spirits. And that's so funny because I'm usually the terrified one. Uh, Just talking about this fucking creepy game I read about online. It got too real. Um, It is rumored to be um like an ancient pagan ritual that they use to punish initiates for not following the rules. I think that's just online BS. Probably because um most of my sources for this relate back to creepy pasta. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no. So I think that's just online BS. Which is fine. Um it's very fun to talk about. Don't just on the off chance, don't do it. All of these games except for the first two. The first two are okay to play. Those are your games to do. This next one is the beginning of the don't fucking do it list. And if you do it, we're mad at you. (laughs) Uh, uh, By the way, I didn't put the elevator game on this, but I figure we'll talk about it. (laughs) Um, Oh, there's also a sort of like offshoot of this game called like the ghost of the door or something like that it's one of those youtube 3am challenge videos that have been Mm -mm. flying around you know what i mean i know what you mean (laughs) not gonna do it Uh -uh. it's fairly similar um so the ritual (laughs) (laughs) it has to begin at begin at exactly 12 a.m um, which, you know, honestly, like, I get a lot of things like the witching hour and stuff like that. But see, when shit has to start at a specific time like that, I'm like, but how? See, my question is, is that Eastern Pacific? Yeah. Which means the demon time? doesn't know what time zone you're in. <laughs> then again, maybe they do. I don't fucking know. I'm not a demonologist. The demon existed before the concept of time. Yeah. What was a time zone mean to them? <laughs> Can you imagine being some fucking all-powerful being? I just know. sitting in your dark little pocket universe or what the fuck ever. Uh, and somebody <laughs> calls you up and you're like, God damn it, what time is it there? It's only 1130. I can't do shit. I got 30 more minutes before I can go terrorize this little bitch. <laughs> These motherfuckers and their invented concepts. Anyway. I mean, if I don't go, then I mean, when I go to the next demon convention, they're going to be like, heard you didn't have the balls to show up, Mustafaclees. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Anyway, <laughs> this is how we cope with being creeped out. <laughs> and then, you know, <clears throat> another demon's like, yeah, heard those kids in California got one over on you. <laughs> oh, about this really quick. Um, When I told them about this game, there was a very creepy um 
like recording of this dude but not recording like he wrote everything down and took pictures and explained what happened to him and his friend um it, it was his his personal experience that i'd read and that got me all excited about this and i thought it was a really is good the story the candle if your candle goes out you die yes well i mean it's like the demon or whatever comes for you and you might die why on earth would you play a game where you might die listen we got at least three of those on this list so Ugh. um it's but like it's very the concept creepy. of the ring why the fuck would you watch that video uh i'll try and find it and link it if i can't find it i'll make a formal apology clear <laughs> um, made this up <laughs> It's a very convincing hoax. So, so I have a list of materials that um, I'm going to go through real quick. You need a candle, a piece of paper, a writing implement, matches or a lighter, salt, a wooden door, and at least one drop of your own blood. Prepare beforehand, I guess. <laughs> uh if you're playing with multiple people, they need their own of all of these materials, and uh, you all have to perform the following steps. Step one, write your full name on the piece of paper. So if you got like six middle names, you better start early or else you're going to miss that 12 a.m. cutoff. Uh, put at least one drop of your blood on the paper. Now, when I read it originally, it said you had to write your name in blood. In blood. So I don't know, whatever. Allow it to soak into the paper, but I don't know how the fuck you're going to stop it. <laughs> uh, step two, turn off all the lights. Yeah, you're not allowed to have any lights except for the light of your candle. Uh, no. <laughs> and that's anything. Uh, lamps, um, candles you're not using for this purpose, televisions. I mean, I'd imagine even like digital clocks and things like that. See, like ghosts don't creep me out, but demons creep me the fuck out. I get that. Ghosts still creep me out. It doesn't take much to creep me out, though. That's true. Um, you have to go to a wooden door. It has to be wood for some reason. Um, place the paper with your name on it in front of the door. Take out your candles. Candle, depending on how many people. Please don't play this. If you if you are an idiot and you disregard our warnings and you play this, please don't play it alone. Um. Uh, take your candle out, light it, and place it on top of the paper. This sort of tells the demon, hey, I'm in the game. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happens if you write, like, Donald Duck and then do this. Like, I don't know you, if you're just that's not how you playing. you get a pissed off demon. I know. I don't know if that's like, yep, you immediately forfeit yourself to the demon. <laughs> well, or your, your soul's forfeit. Because <laughs> it is your blood. I mean, shit. Ugh. So I wonder if you put somebody else's name and write it in their blood. I don't know how the fuck you'd get it, but do you like damn them? I have my way. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, you have to knock on the door twenty-two times, which 22 seems excessive. Times? Yeah. Um, the hour must be twelve a.m. exactly upon your last knock. I don't know how the fuck to time that. Maybe run some. <laughs> do a trial run. <laughs> do a trial run. Trial run. <laughs> Time yourself. <laughs> See how long it takes you to knock twenty two times. I also how many knocks know... per second. If you... <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know if you play in a group of people. If like everybody has have... to knock, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Because like you'd have to knock in unison. Because like, what if one person fucks up and knocks like either twenty one or twenty three times? God damn it, Barry. <laughs> Steve, god damn it. <laughs> all right, I guess we we all reconvene tomorrow night. <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh, where was I? Hell. Um, 
after the knocks, you then open the door, you blow out your candle, and you close the door. Nope. You've just allowed the midnight man into your home. Nope. Yeah, don't like it. Um, you immediately don't like. <laughs> you immediately relight your candle, and this is when the game begins. So I mean, like if you wait around, because at three a.m. the game's three thirty-three a.m. the game's over. Um, you play for three fucking hours. Three and a half. Th- yeah. Three and a half. Fu- no. I know. No. I can't be stressed out that long. I don't no, even watch horror movies that long. Ho- I would die of a heart attack. Absolutely. I would just cower and cry. Um, which, you know, some people say is a pretty solid plan anyway. I think the demon's like, no, nah, man, they're, they're just, they're pitiful. It's like that one thing on SNL where she's like, if someone's following me, I just put my arm up and I do this and makes a ridiculous sound. So he's like, she's not worth it. <laughs> not worth the effort (laughs) uh anywho welcome to hell (laughs) (laughs) um you must now lurk around your completely dark house with the lit candle in hand one even if i haven't actively invited something into the house i'm not gonna fucking do that i don't like the dark (laughs) uh your goal is to avoid the midnight man at all costs until 3 33 a.m should your candle ever go out, that means the Midnight Man is near you. You must relight your candle within the next 10 seconds. I'm sorry, I've already pissed myself. Absolutely. How uh, how am I going to light the candle with my matches if they're probably soaked? Because <laughs> I'm going to pee a lot. <laughs> you need like one of those fucking Zippos that, that opens and shuts. Um, if you're not successful in relighting your candle, you must immediately surround yourself within a circle of salt. If you are unsuccessful in both of your actions, the Midnight Man will create a hallucination of your greatest fear. Oh my god! (laughs) This is slightly different from the one I read. I wasn't prepared for this next sentence. I literally copied and pasted this from the website. (laughs) Continue, Lyra. If you are unsuccessful in both of your actions, the Midnight Man will create a hallucination of your greatest fear and rip out your organs one by one. You will feel it. But you'll be unable to react. (laughs) Who would play this? What fucking psychotic person would play this game? (sighs) Okay. Uh, If you're successful in creating the circle of salt, you must remain there until 3.33 a.m., which if by any, any circumstance someone has convinced me to play this game, I'm immediately just circling myself, sitting the fuck down and playing on my cell phone. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is a real question. This has to have been played by adults, right? Because what fucking teenager can do this in their house without waking their parents up and their parents just going ape shit about them making noise and skulking around the house in the dark with candles. Absolutely, but I guess if you got real weird parents, maybe they're playing with you. Um, But also... Could you imagine our mom playing this game? No. Uh, But also, you know, there are some teenagers that are trusted to be alone in homes uh, by themselves at night, so... I know, it was never us. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, if you are successful in relighting your candle, you may proceed with the game. You must continue until 3.33 a.m. without being attacked by the Midnight Man or being trapped inside of a circle of salt. To win the Midnight Game, the Midnight Man will leave your house at 3.33 a.m. and you'll be safe to proceed with your morning. 
Um, in indications that you are near the Midnight Man will include a sudden drop in temperature, seeing a pure black humanoid figure through the darkness, hearing very soft whispering coming from an indiscernible source. Don't make that face. <laughs> if you experience any of these, it is advised that you leave the area to avoid the Midnight Man. Uh, shadow creatures are like one of my biggest fears. Uh... <laughs> Do you Maybe not... you'd just be a big shadow spider for you. Ooh, probably. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just picking out your organs. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, God. <coughs> Don't hurt yourself. Sorry. That got real funny for about five seconds. <laughs> um, do not turn on any lights during the midnight game. Do not use a flashlight. Do not go to sleep. How could you? Um, do not attempt to use another person's blood on your own, on your name. Do not use a lighter as a substitute for a candle. It will not work. And definitely do not to attempt to provoke the midnight man in any way. Uh, even, oh God, even when the game is over, he will always be watching you. What? That's what it says. Okay. Creepy Santa Claus. Um, it's also like... I think there's something you have to do to end the game, too, but it's not, it wasn't on this page. I don't remember what it was, but I know um, that if you don't finish the game correctly, you have nightmares for the rest of your life is one of the, like, consequences. Oh, thank you. Also, you probably heard, like, a a moan in the background that's one of our dogs. She's afraid to cross the furnace. Yeah. She's a little antsy right now, anyway. Um... So the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, go play hide and seek by yourself is how I found it on Google. By yourself? Yeah, there's a Japanese name that I don't know how to pronounce, so I'm not going to try. Um, and it's hide and seek with a possessed doll. I've also heard it called hide and seek and kill. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> hide and seek and kill? Yeah. Dude, no. Like, this spirit is ready to murder you. Again. <laughs> Why would you play this? Um, Nettle specifically wants us to express her dislike for this game. Oh, I thought she was going to say she wanted to play it. I'm like, that is oh, not God, Nettle. No. She is possessed. She, <laughs> she hates this game. Um, she hates the fact that you're disrespecting a spirit, that you're purposefully summoning something harmful, that you're literally taunting the spirit into anger because that's like a part of it. Um, let me just, I'll go through it. Okay, so what you need to play this game, which you should not play, <laughs> uh, is a stuffed doll with limbs. Now, the site I found said not to use a human doll because the spirit will not leave it. A human doll? No, uh, like a like a baby doll or something like that looks like a person. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so you're using like a poppet or something like that. Yeah, like a stuffed bear or something. Um. Uh, you have to have... He said human dolls. Like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you have to have a stuffed doll. You need rice. Enough rice to be used as stuffing instead of the cotton in the doll. Um, something from your body. Uh, usually fingernails or hair. It represents you. Um, and that it, it means that if you do something to the doll, the same thing will happen to you. Do not use someone else's body parts because this would mean that the spirit you're summoning to the doll will replace that person instead and the game will not work. But you sure have possessed a friend. <laughs> or on the other side of this, you really don't like that. I mean, there's that. You need a sharp-edged object. It's used to anger the spirit. 
uh, by stabbing it. So you're just stabbing it. You're just stabbing a, a ghost you've trapped in a stuffed bear. <laughs> Great. Um, be sure not to use a knife or scissors or something of the like. Uh, because the doll will probably stab you with it afterwards. Um, I mean, that's only fair. You can use a pencil or a needle. It's recommended to use a wooden toothpick. Uh, you need... Not too much damage to you and the doll. Yeah. Inevitably. It'll still piss them you. off. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd be pissed off if somebody stabbed oh, me with yeah. a toothpick. Uh, you need red thread to sew up the hole you made in the doll. Um, it later symbolizes blood vessels and acts as a restraint. You need salt water or salt. When we go into this fucking salt water, it's wild. Um, it'll be used to get rid of the doll. You need a bathtub with water. If you don't have a... I don't know what the fuck Japanese horror stuff is. Like, why it's so obsessed with, like, bathtubs and water. But whatever. Because um, there's another game that I'm going to talk about that I couldn't find. Ugh. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, if you don't have a home with a bathtub... Uh, you can use a basin that's large enough to put the doll in with water. Uh, like, to put the doll in, like, submerge it in the water. Uh, it has to be in the bathroom, though. And you need a very safe sanctuary-slash-hiding spot. Uh, it's apparently recommended to have a room that has things related to your religion, like statues and stuff. So that's crazy. Uh, you have to give your doll a name. Like Fluffy or Rover or what the fuck ever. Maybe not motherfucker. Like be, <laughs> be respectful. Um, you have to cut it open, take out all of its stuff. This is instructions. Uh, take out all of its stuffing. Replace the stuffing with rice because the rice is supposed to like attract the spirit. Uh, once the stuffing is replaced with the rice, sew the doll back up with the red thread. Um, it binds the spirit to the doll. Uh. Prepare a, or excuse me, prepare the bath or the basin by filling it with water. Wait until 3 a.m. sharp. Um, once it's 3 a.m., take the doll along with you to the bathroom and say the first tagger is your name three times while closing your eyes, which no. <laughs> uh, my eyes are not going to be closed if I'm possessing a doll. Well, I'm not possess Anyway, uh, then place the doll in the water. Walk away to another room, but do not turn back to look. If you see the spirit while it's possessing the doll, it may make eye contact with you or notice it you uh, or notice you, and then it may attack you directly. Uh, Fancy just stamps, stomps she right is through like rooms, doesn't she? Little stompeding. Stomp it's just a night. Stampin' peeding. Stampin' Um. Uh, after you count to ten. You can turn around and go back to the doll. Uh, get right up on the doll and say, I found you, whatever you named the doll. And then stab the doll with the weapon. You know, your toothpick. Don't use anything stronger than a toothpick. What about, like, don't do this. A cocktail sword. Like, one of those little... I don't... That sounds worse than a toothpick, though, doesn't it? <laughs> a little, like, plastic... I don't even know what type of sword it would be. This looks like killage, but... Anyway, um, but, uh, you stab the doll and after that you close your, do your eyes and repeat now whatever you name the doll is it three times. <laughs> She's so loud. Um, leave the object inside the doll. So now it has the weapon. 
uh, pour the salt water into your mouth. But here's the kicker: don't drink it. You have to keep it in your mouth the whole time. The whole time you're playing the fucking game to protect you from the doll. <laughs> uh, you need to keep the remaining salt water. I keep I keep trying to call it seawater, like in my head, and I don't know why. Um, you need to keep the remaining salt water to end the ritual. Um, here it says bring along the cup of salt water, but I'm going to say if you're playing this fucking game, put it in a bottle. <laughs> Use a cap to your advantage. Yeah, Just absolutely. Spill it all. Aw, thanks. Um, and you have to go to your hiding place. Uh, it's recommended to keep your doors and windows unlocked in case you unexpectedly run into some trouble and your friends would uh, be able to help you then. Um, in case they're outside their ho- your home. Which if you're playing this game, which don't, don't do it. Uh, Fancy says don't do it. <laughs> definitely have people outside waiting for you to come out. Um, and then, uh, oh, that's that's another thing. You can't play this with another person. You have to play it alone. Just you and the doll. Um, nope. Yeah, that's another no. That's a big old nope, nope, nope for me. Uh, it is recommend- recommended to have a cell phone on silent. Uh, and with the brightness on the lowest level, in case of emergencies, keep salt water in your mouth at all times. Remain silent as it will help hide you from the doll. Um, if the doll finds you, it will stab you with the abje- uh, abject object you stabbed it with and possibly possess you. Um, that's what the extra salt water is for. It's to like keep the spirit away from you, I guess. So, like, are you supposed to keep it in your mouth, or are you supposed to, like, spit it up the possessed doll? <laughs> okay, so you have the extra in a bottle, and you also have some in your mouth, which sounds gross. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you're supposed to spit what's in your mouth at the doll, or throw what's in the bottle at the doll. I don't know. Um, I guess use your best judgment. I feel like spitting would be the best way to measure it out, so that you've still got some salt water to protect yourself in case the doll comes again. Yeah, but you're also supposed to keep it in your mouth at all times. Oh, I don't know then. Yeah, I don't know either. You're fucked either way. Exactly. I mean, you're fucking, you're inviting a terrible spirit into your home, a spirit that has agreed to this game, apparently with the idea that if it finds you, it can possess you. Um... And then you stabbed it to make it angry. You're this already making like bad life bad, choices. Yeah. <laughs> a real bad date. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the worst. Um, this is the ending ritual. The ending ritual is important as uh, this will end the game as well. Um, to end the ritual, you get out of your hiding spot, find the doll. It might not be in the bathroom anymore. And drink the salt water. There's this whole thing about if you don't find the doll, like if you can't find it, and you end the game without finding the doll and, like, taking care of it, that you, you're you just still in the game. Forever. Forever. That's so just you your game. you find the doll again. Yeah. Or it, you know, possesses you. <laughs> um, and then you have to drink the salt water that's been in your mouth. Pour the remaining salt water around the doll in a circle. Close your eyes. Shout, I win, three times. Um... And the spirit in the doll will give up and the game ends. You have to dispose of the doll by burying it with salt. Otherwise, the spirit may attempt to re-enter the doll. Um, Some versions say to put salt in every corner of your house after you bury the doll. And especially in places where the doll has been found. As salt drives away most spirits. Um, Here are some warnings, people included. Don't play the game for more than two hours. Um, Do not turn around when heading to your hiding place, which we know. Do not play when someone else is in the house, as they may become possessed. Uh, Do not play with more than one person, as you or the other person may become possessed. Um, Like, directly, not not with the doll finding you. 
Uh, do not fall asleep no matter how tired or exhausted you are while you're hiding um, because the doll will find you. Uh, do not attempt to leave the house while the game is still going on unless you want to end the ritual um, and the doll is not in the house. Do not play this game if you are frightened easily or have a weak or bad heart. Just good <laughs> advice for this whole list. Uh, do not give the doll your name or the name of someone you know because it may possess them. Um, so that's that's Nettle's least favorite game. This is how this paper I write sage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that seems just like a very irresponsible, like make believe or not. That's a very irresponsible game to play. Absolutely, it's the worst. Um, there's another one uh, that involves bathtubs and all that that creeps me the hell out. Um. And I th- I've heard it called bloody uh, Japanese Bloody Mary and things like that. Um, but it's like you go into a bathroom, a bathroom without windows. You fill the bathtub with water to the point where it's going to overflow when you get in. Um, you close the door, turn off the lights. You say Bloody Mary three times um, and you wait. If you leave the bathroom before uh, something happens, you've just invited her into the house. Great. <laughs> um, you have to wait until... Uh, she climbs into the bathtub behind you. Nope. Yup. Um, and then I think you can ask her questions and she has to tr- answer you truthfully. Um, and you have to end the game. Oh, I think there's two ways that this goes. Cause I've, I've definitely read it two different ways. I think in one version, when you get out of the tub, uh, you give her 24 hours to find you. If she finds you, she gets to kill you. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, and then there's another version where you can end the game then and there, but you have to keep insisting on ending the game. Like, thank you for your time. Please leave or some shit like that. I remember it was very respectful. Uh, I couldn't actually find this when I looked it up on Google because I couldn't remember what the fuck it's called. Um, other than Japanese Bloody Mary. Uh, but you have to insist. If she doesn't agree to leave and then get out of the bathtub you have to stay there and keep trying to convince her to leave yeah sometimes it can apparently take hours so that's another one of the worst fucking games I've ever heard of alright I think we have just two more no we have three more okay so the next one's called three kings um things you need to play three kings which don't play three kings um (laughs) here's a hint don't yeah just don't fucking do it um now this is supposed to be like i've heard it a few different ways you can use this talk to spirits talk to demons talk to other dimensional uh extra dimensional versions of yourself uh things like that it's also like i've also heard this is a way to communicate with the devil but whatever there's there seems to be a lot of ways to communicate to the devil <laughs> or with the devil and not a lot of people communicating with the devil so um because we're all like nope not gonna that's do true, it. Though. <laughs> uh in a very large empty i'm sorry no these are the things you need you need a large empty and quiet room preferably without windows or if it has windows you need to be able to cover those windows um well enough to cut off any light coming in from them um, basements are usually suggested or like if you have a real large closet 
a pack of candles. You'll only use one if all goes well, and a lighter. A bucket of water and a mug. Um, a fan. Two large mirrors. Three chairs. An alarm clock. An active cell phone. Make sure you charge the battery. Um, a loved one who's willing to follow rules and go along with this. And a small toy or dear object from your childhood. It will henceforth be referred to as a power object. Hints. Um, the setup is that around 11 p.m., you have to place uh, one chair. <laughs> one of our dogs is being very loud. Uh, place one chair in the center of the room, facing north. That's important. They never specify why, but it is. Um, place the other two chairs exactly to the left and right, facing the throne. Uh, the distance between your throne, which is the chair you set to the north, um, and that of the queen and the fool, which are the mirrors, um, should be about the length of your arm to each side, more or less. Uh, place the two large mirrors on these chairs um, facing you and each other, so they must be fa you must be able to see your reflection in them and for them to be reflecting each other. Uh, try your best to have them standing at a 90 degree angle, or else you may get more or less than three kings. Um, if you sit on your f uh, throne facing straight ahead, uh, you should be able to perceive your own reflection in each mirror without actually having to turn your head. Um, if you do see your reflection, like, in the corner of your eye, just barely there, you've done it right. Um, place the bucket of water and mug in front of you, just barely out of reach. Place the fan behind you, turn it on, don't set it to maximum power, medium or low is usually enough. And leave it on. Turn off the lights, leave the door open, and go to your bedroom. Set the candles by the side of your bed, or, you know, wherever, in reach, with all the other stuff you need, your lighter, your alarm clock, your power object... Um, set your alarm clock for 3.30 a.m. Turn off the lights and go to sleep while holding your power object. Um, you have to wake up at 3.30 a.m. with your alarm clock. <laughs> Fancy. I'm so sorry about this, dear listeners. She is making some sounds. Uh, come here, pretty girl. She wants scratches. Um... If all is going as planned, you can proceed and go sit on the throne. Do not look directly at either of the two mirrors beside you. Do not let the candle go out. Because um, the candle... Did I skip a part? Uh, you're the one reading. I am, but I got distracted. Um, I did. I skipped a whole bunch of parts. Let me go back, guys. Um, uh, grab your objects. Uh, go to the dark room to sit in your throne. You should be seated by 3.33 a.m. Don't forget your power object. Check for potential red flags if your cell phone didn't charge for whatever reason, because you should have charged it to make sure it was working. Um, abort the mission. Uh, if you find the dark room door closed uh, after you'd left it open, abort the mission. If the fan is turned off after you'd left it on, abort the mission. Uh, if you do have to abort the mission, I hate that we're calling it a mission, uh, due to any of the above, leave the house with whatever loved one you have, you know, waiting <laughs> Uh, go to a hotel, whatever, just get out of the house until 6 a.m. At 6 a.m., the coast should be clear. Um, if all has gone to plan, you can proceed to your throne. Do not look directly at either of the two mirrors. Uh, don't let the candle go out. Uh, the fan is behind you. You must protect the candle with your body, which is, uh, standing between, like, in the middle of all, all three mirrors, or, no, the two mirrors and you. Um, looking straight ahead at the darkness, not at the candle, and not at the mirrors. Uh, just straight ahead. 
Um, there's no specification as to which chair is the queen and which is the fool. It's for you to decide. You're allowed to ask questions. Um, one mirror will tell you lies. One mirror will tell you truths. It's up to you to decide which is which. Um, it seems that there's not a whole lot of documentation as to what happens during the session. Um, and uh, sometimes you'll get answers to the questions you ask. Sometimes you'll get answers in the form of new questions. Um, just stay put. Try not to move. Again, don't look at the mirrors. You're also not supposed to show any like emotion. You're supposed to stay pretty stone-faced. Um, you have to wait until 4.34. By 4.34, it's all over and it's okay to, you know, let go, show a little bit, bit of emotion. Maybe try not to because I don't know if that'll make anybody upset. Um, and uh, not to let the candle go out. That's what the fan's for. You're protecting the candle with your body, but if your body were to be suddenly moved, the fan would blow out the candle. That's backup number one. Your loved one is backup number two. At 4.34 a.m., uh, they they have to come into the room and call your name and like escort you out. Um, if that doesn't work, they have to call your cell phone. If that doesn't work, they have to get, uh, the glass of water and the bucket. Um, they can't touch you though. That's a newbie mistake. It says here. I don't know. Um, backup number three is your item of power, the toy or whatever, um, that you brought along. It'll show you the way if stuff hits the fan. Um, with the multiple backups, you have to be prepared for this kind of stuff. Um, no one specifies why. I don't know what happens if you don't. <laughs> um, but that's one. And it, it sounds creepy enough. Even, okay, even if you didn't tell me that shit could go down, <laughs> even if it was just like, hey, you're going to be sitting alone in a room with one candle and two mirrors, I'd be like, no. <laughs> that sounds good. That's already creepy enough. I'm not doing that shit. Um... The next game that you should not play is Ghost Phone. I think it has other titles, but I don't remember them. I think it's also called, like, Phone Booth, stuff like that. Um, so what you need is one phone booth, a closet's usually what's suggested, one paper cup, a shoebox, a length of thread, uh, two to four feet in length, one needle, a pair of scissors, a power object, just like the last game. Um, but this object should have a connection to the person you're trying to reach on the phone. You should go into this expecting to speak to one person, but you should not do this. Um, you need one sheet of paper, an ink pen. For some reason, you're not supposed to use a pencil. Um, you need a flat surface on which to write. Um, you need to begin right before you go to bed. It doesn't matter what time that is, as long as your day is over and you're getting ready for sleep. Um, keep your lights on, but turn off all other electronic devices. Um, you'll know when the time is right to begin in earnest. Just give yourself a minute and you'll feel it. Uh, once you arrive at the right time, take the sheet of paper and your pen and begin writing a letter addressed to the person that you wish to speak to. Explain to your person why they should call you. Don't cross out anything while writing and do not correct any mistakes. Don't overthink what you're writing, just write. When you're done writing, take up the thread, tie it on one, uh, to one end of the power object using a needle, thread the other end through the bottom of your paper cup. Uh, remove the needle, tie off the thread. This will be your handset and telephone wire. Pick up the paper cup, read your letter aloud into it, read it sincerely, mistakes and all. Place your letter and the power object in the shoebox uh, with the telephone wire, excuse me, with the telephone wire leading out of it. Close the lid of the box, but don't seal it. Um, and then rest it on the floor of your phone booth. Put the paper cup on top of the shoebox. Set the scissors down next to it and wait for the telephone to ring. 
The ring will come in the form of a dream of the person trying to call you, which can I say I would not be able to sleep after doing this. <laughs> I already can't sleep most nights. Uh, it could be the night that you do it. It might be a night shortly thereafter. Um, you'll wake up from the dream, likely in the middle of the night, and know that the telephone is ready to be answered. Uh, there's a lot of intuition in this one. Get up from your bed and go to your phone booth. Do not turn on the light. Do not speak. Do not proceed if any of the following occur. If you find the shoebox open, you find the paper cup knocked over. Um, if either or both of these have happened, do not place the headset anywhere near your ear. I'm not sure why. No one explains why. <laughs> um, keep the shoebox closed. Snap the string with your hands, or if you're unable to, cut it with the scissors. Uh, if the paper cup and the shoebox are undisturbed, you can proceed. Um, get in the phone booth and close the door, which already, no, I don't want to be alone in a closet <laughs> with a ghost. Sit on the floor, press the paper cup to your ear, and cover your other ear with your hand, um, and really try hard to listen. Um, try keeping movement to a minimum, don't make any noise, and don't touch the shoebox. Don't speak, even if you're asked questions or you're ordered to say something. Um, you've already said everything you were supposed to say with your outbound call. Um, when the call is finished, or if at any time you want to hang up, Hold the shoebox lid firmly closed with one hand and pull on the thread with the other until it snaps. If you're unable to snap the string in this manner, use the scissors. Um, do not allow the shoebox to open. Which to me suggests that there might be something fighting you, which I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> uh, remove the shoebox, take it to a safe location, leave it there for several months. Um, I've also read one where... Months. Yeah, months. I've also read one, though, where you're supposed to burn it. Yeah, I'm just going to get rid of... Um, storage space <laughs> keeps this haunted shoebox for yep. a few months. Um, but again, you're not allowed to let the shoebox open. So, like, I don't know, should you duct tape it? Like, fucking duct tape that thing. Are you just banded? trapping a ghost in a box at that point? I mean, I'm pretty sure the Ghostbusters had an easier way of doing That's that. That's true. Um, and do not put the paper cup to your ear ever again. Just burn it. Uh, if during steps. Three and four of the outbound call, the feeling of absolute certainty that it's time to begin does not arrive within the space of an hour. Do not proceed. Instead, go to sleep and try again the next night. If it doesn't come for several nights in a row, either co try contacting a different person or take a break for a few nights. Do not write in doubt um, because that could result in dialing wrong number, which we'll go into in a minute. Um, do not prepare the paper cup ahead of time. Um, write your letter, then make the hand set with the cup. Um, if you... Uh, excuse me, if the ring for the inbound call does not arrive after a maximum of four nights, it is possible that the person you're contacting has nothing to say to you. You can replay the game to make contact with another person, but don't attempt to play it too often. Um, and this is the thing about wrong numbers. Dialing wrong number will either result in connecting you to no one at all or connecting you to the wrong person. If it's the wrong person, um, they can pretend to be the person you're calling and feed you misinformation. They can not pretend to be the person they can be who they are give you wrong answers or just be a dick um otherwise anyway it's, it just it sounds bad it sounds like a bad time all over um but that is the telephone game which at first i had wanted to try but at this point i'm like mm, <laughs> there are better ways to to communicate with people yeah there's much easier ways to do this absolutely there are better channels and if you really want to contact a loved one and you want to make sure you're talking to them and not someone else you should probably talk to somebody who does this like for a living or whatever um and we wanted to talk briefly about bloody mary 
Um, cause I mean, it's, it's the most quintessential of spooky games. Everyone knows it worldwide. There's a million different versions of it. Everybody's um, played it at least once. Absolutely. There's a hundred different rules that are like regional. Um, there's, I don't know, probably half a dozen movies out there called Bloody Mary or something to that effect. Uh, I think there's literally two Supernatural episodes about it. Um, but, you know, the rules, um, the basic rules, at least, that don't involve anything else special. Uh, go to a dark room, usually a bathroom, usually without windows. Close the door, turn off the lights, light a candle or a couple candles. Say the name three times and wait. <laughs> um, common occurrences are three scratches. Uh, down the back or leg or something like that. Um, pulling of hair, uh, pinching, I think is a pretty common one. Whispering and things like that. Um, people will see her figure in mirrors. Um, and you had a real bad experience with it when you were younger, right? Yeah, we had the whispering and like something appeared in the mirror. Ugh. We thought, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I always possible that, that it's fear. The door but... did open and slam though. Oof. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah, it was it was not comfortable. Mm-mm. mm We all got scared. I think everybody went home. Yeah. I sure would. And that was uh bad sleepover. <laughs> that was the house across the street, right? Yeah. Yeah, I uh watched the dog there a few times and that house always felt creepy. And you didn't tell me about that until later. Yeah. That was on purpose because I didn't want you to be freaked out. No, that's fair. I was pretty young. Um But I think that's all the games we have. Is there anything else? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, there's all manner of, like, spirit board games, like uh, Charlie Charlie and the Penny Board and stuff like that. Um, and with, with spirit boards, you know, if you're going to do them, be careful, protect yourself, and uh, be respectful. And if it seems like someone's being funny with you, end it. <laughs> yeah. And if you've had any weird experiences or games that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about with us or you want to hear on the show, let us know. Absolutely. Especially if you've had any weird experiences with any of the games we've listed um, or any other of these sorts of games that you've tried, uh, please share them with us. If you want to record your own segment and send it to us, we'd be happy to share it. Um, we love getting that kind of crap from you guys. <laughs> uh, but I think... I think that's all we've got for you in this segment so we're going to lead to nettle telling you a scary story um and then we're gonna we're gonna try and record another we already talked about this earlier but we're gonna try and record another scary story and uh release it on the 34th 34th yes on the 34th God. of halloween what? on the 31st um Add more days to October. So enjoy the calming tones of Nettle as she tells you the opposite of a calming story. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be back to say goodbye to you guys. This is not my ghost story. It's a story I read a very, very long time ago, and I apologize for any details that are missing. A paranormal investigator chose to go investigate a house where multiple people were rumored to have died, but specifically the man rumored to have murdered his wife in the house was rumored to haunt. It's a lot of rumors. Uh, <laughs> he has decided he will survey the house. He will figure out exactly where he's planning to stay 
and then he will spend seven nights in the house seeing what he can find and what he can prove. So he goes to the house. It's a large house. Um, the stairs, when you walk in the door, there's steep stairs you have to go up to get to the rest of the house. It's a very, it's a very pretty house. The stairs are where the man rumored to have shoved his wife down and killed her. And the stairs are also where more people have died while investigating the house. Our investigator has been warned to make sure to always use the railing because the stairs are so steep, there's no chance of survival if you fall. He goes, he explores the house. Uh, he decides he will set up shop in the library this evening because the library is, the mo is, is where most of the paranormal activity has been reported. So he leaves and he comes back. He sets, he sets down, he pulls out an audio recorder and he, he goes to write everything he finds. Um, I can't remember for life me if he has a camera or not. I don't believe so. I believe he decided just to go with audio since they've, nothing's ever been able to be well recorded here. So he stays and nothing happens for a while. He, he reports that nothing happens. You know, he just keeps his little notes. <laughs> Stop that. He keeps his little notes. Um, he keeps an eye on what is and isn't going on. After a while, a book falls off the shelf and thumps to the ground. He waits. Nothing else happens, so he gets up and he puts it back. This happens a few more times in the night. Just a book will come off the shelf, hit the ground, thud, and he'll wait. Nothing else will happen, so he'll put it back. That's his first night. When he reviews the audio footage he recorded later, he can't hear anything but himself. He can hear himself taking notes, but there's no sound of the books falling. There's no sound of a thud. There's no sound of anything but him. It's frustrating. The second night is a little worse. The books, the books continue to fall off the shelf and thud to the ground, but now there's also, there's, there's, there's sounds, there's shrieking, there's screams, there's a very clear intent that he's not wanted here. He stays. The third night, the third night, it gets so much worse. He feels like he's being swallowed whole by how much how much this, this spirit doesn't want him here, how much the spirit wants him dead, how it would delight him. The books, the books don't thud one at a time. They just thud, 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 keep getting thrown off the shelf, get thrown at him. There's shrieking, there's screaming, there's terror. He decides enough is enough. He gets up, he runs. He gets to the stairs, the stairs where so many people have died. And he remembers, just as he gets to them, to hold on to the railing, because if he falls, he's going to add to that body count. He grabs the railing just in time to feel hands on his back, hands in this empty house, on his back, shoving him as hard as they can, trying to shove him down the stairs. He doesn't fall. He holds on to the railing and he runs. He gets to the bottom and looks back and there's nothing there. He leaves the house. He does not return. All right, so we don't really have any announcements for you guys. We're just going to say goodbye. Uh, we do want to remind you that you can contact us uh, on our Instagram at whichwitchpodcast, our Twitter at whichwitchpod, our Tumblr at whichwitchpodcast.tumblr.com, um, which, by the way, we're still having trouble with people finding us on mobile. Um, if you can only find us on the internet, follow us there, and then it'll show up on your mobile as well. That's fine. If or you're searching on the Tumblr app, don't put any spaces between That's it. True. Just do which which podcast, and when you finally get the T in, it should pop up. Um, it 
I haven't had an auto. You might have to hit fill. I've had search. to, yeah, I've had to hit search to find our podcast. Um, also, though, if you're still having trouble, let us know. Uh, if you don't mind us knowing your specific Tumblr, we can send you a message or follow you. Um, we just can't figure out why our Tumblr's not doing the good stuff. <laughs> the good stuff. Um, and also, we can contact uh, la, 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 contact us at our email, whichwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Which we've actually gotten a few emails recently. Uh, we got one talking about your horse skull thing. Yeah! Oh my Somebody gosh, was I telling forgot! Us about this one of their favorite, uh, their favorite festivals, which was really cool. I was so excited. It's such a cool thing that not a lot of people know about. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but that's another thing. Like, if, if there's a cool thing that's kind of magic-y or witchy or something like that, or just, honestly, even just, like, a little spooky, and you want more people to know about it, let us know. We'll tell those that listen to us. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't the biggest number in the world, but whatever. It's more people. Um, but I guess that's it for tonight. That's all that I've got. All right. So we here at Witch Witch Podcast encourage you to ignore the sound of gnashing teeth from under your bed uh, and wish that you will stay spooky. Keep your tits up. (laughs) 